This morning, we're going to take a break from our, our David series. Uh, some of you uh, may be disappointed. I know many of you have expressed how much you're loving that series. Uh, I'm excited about it as well. If you came for David, come back next week. We'll be back in, in David. Uh, this week, we're going to hit pause on that series just because I think it's important for us from time to time to really kind of look at our mission and our vision together as a church to both celebrate what God has done in our church family over the course of the last year or so, but also just to share a little bit of the vision of where we feel like God is taking us together as a faith family in the days ahead. Now, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that we are living in a really polarizing time. I mean, a lot of, in our nation, there's a lot of political unrest right now. There's just this kind of underlying sense of tension. People are just kind of on edge. Maybe you've noticed that. It just seems like grocery store traffic, people just have this sense of like, man, they're on edge. You feel like you kind of almost have to walk on eggshells around a lot of people. And so there's a lot of brokenness in our culture right now. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of hopelessness. But the good news to all of that is God has an answer for that chaos. He has an answer for that brokenness in our country. And the reality is his answer is the church. His answer is, is us. He has tasked the local church, the bride of Christ, to be the vehicle that carries that hope-filled good news of the, the coming of Jesus to the world around us that is in desperate need of hope and desperate need of good news. So as his bride, we are kind of the visible expression of the invisible kingdom of Jesus. And I've said it before, church, I'm going to say it again. We are plan A. There is no plan B. And we, we have what the world needs, and we have a task, a mission that Jesus has given us. Now, I say this every single time I talk about vision. And I'm going to, I'm going to keep saying it because it's, it's true. It's not, it's not my job as one of the pastors here to kind of formulate some cute or creative vision for the church that nobody's ever heard before. In fact, if you come across a church and they, they tell you they got a new vision from God or they unroll a brand new vision every year, you should probably walk out of that church and never go back. And here's why. Jesus has given us his mission. We've got it. In fact, we've had it for almost 2,000 years now. We have an ancient mission, but the expression of that mission and that vision is going to be unique for each church and each generation and in each culture. And so we're going to spend our time this morning talking about the ancient vision that Jesus gave us, and then we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about what we believe the expression of that vision is for us as a faith family here at New Life over the course of the next five years, okay? So if you're anything like me, you need constant reminders of like most important things in life. And churches are no different. In my experience, churches that don't go back to the basics, often to look at things like purpose, things like mission, things like vision, those churches tend to experience what we call mission drift. Now that's kinda like, have you ever been on a boat in the ocean? or a boat on a lake. My dad used to take me fishing as a kid, and we lived in Alabama, and so we would do a lot of, a lot of lake fishing. And so what would happen is, man, we would, we would find a landmark, like a bridge or a house or a tree or something where we wanted to fish. We found some fish. And so we would turn the motor off, and unless we put an anchor down, and within five or 10 minutes, we would look up, and we would have drifted far from our target. Like sometimes so far that we couldn't even see our original 
target. And listen, churches do this all the time. Entire denominations do this. One day they wake up and they can't even remember why they're doing what they're doing. They're just going through the motions, completely disconnected from the mission of Jesus and completely detached from the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is a tragedy. So listen, church, in the church context for us, vision is the anchor that keeps us on course. And so we're gonna fight that mission drift syndrome here at New Life by constantly going back and just reminding each other of what our mission is, the task that Jesus has given us, and the vision that he's given us as his bride, as his people. But before we get to the vision that God has given us in his word, I wanna take just a few minutes and celebrate what God has done in our faith family over the course of the last year or so. It's been amazing. Now, I'm gonna tell you, you're gonna have to come back Wednesday for Pi Night to get the complete report on what God has been up to here at New Life. But I wanna give you a short glimpse, just a little glimpse this morning, because I'm honestly, I'm just blown away. I am so excited for what God is doing here at New Life. And I gotta be honest with you, when I came to New Life about two years ago as a lead pastor, now it's hard to believe it's been two years, isn't it? It's crazy. Now, some of you are thinking, man, it feels like 22 years. Um, But I've been here for two years now. When I came here, I had absolutely no idea what God was going to do here. And to be honest with you, just to be completely transparent, there was a little part of me when I came here that just felt like, man, if I don't kill this church within two years, we're just going to throw a party. Because like, I have no idea what I'm doing. But whatever, whatever my expectations were, God has completely blown those out of the water. Now understand this. As we talk about some of these things that we're going to celebrate, uh, I want you to understand um, this, this is all God. Okay, this, None of the stuff we're about to talk about is about me. None of the stuff we're about to talk about is about our leadership team. It's not about our staff team. Although I'll tell you we have a fantastic elder team here. We have the best staff. Our staff team here uh, works incredibly hard. They're gifted men and women. They kill it week after week after week. We are a blessed church family with a great leadership team here. But I want you to understand, as we, yeah, we do. Yeah, thank, thank you, Lord. But this is not, listen, this is not, what we're about to talk about is not about any one person because none of us are that talented. And so as we celebrate some of the things that God has done in our midst over the last year, I just want you to be, I just want you to understand, I want to be very clear from this stage, this is God's doing, okay? He gets all the glory. This is 100% him, okay? So I just want to give you a small sample of what God has done in the last year. I want you to listen to this and just celebrate with us, okay? So in 2018, last year, we baptized 31 people which is a record in our 21-year history here at New Life. Listen, that doesn't even count the people who started their faith journey with Jesus and haven't yet been baptized. Now, maybe you're out there and you're in that crowd. You gave your life to Christ last year. You haven't been baptized. Just want to encourage you, 2019 is your year. Let's get you wet. It's going to be good. So, um, man, we're just celebrating. Man, we're breaking records and seeing cool things happen. Uh, Two years ago, my first year in 2017, as a faith family, we grew 13%. And then last year, we grew grew an additional 12%. So now, listen, it is not unusual for us on a weekend to have about 700 people come through on a weekend, which is nuts, right? And God is is doing all of this in what experts tell us is a post-Christian culture in America where statistically the vast majority of churches in this nation are in decline, 
So, so depending on what stat you read, between 65 and 80% of churches in this country are dying. They're declining. And yet we're seeing just exponential growth year after year after year. And this is happening in a city. You guys may have heard this. Asheville is known as the hole in the Bible belt, right? <laughs> church, church plant, yeah, Sin City. Church, church planting agencies will tell you Asheville is the city where church plants and churches go to die, right? Church planters and pastors who want to be in a growing church and they want to get famous, they go places like Charlotte or Raleigh or Atlanta or Texas, like anywhere in Texas. Asheville, <laughs> Asheville is known as the graveyard of churches, and yet God is at work in incredible ways. Man, not only are we seeing this growth, but I talked to some of my pastor friends here in Asheville, and they're seeing similar things. So I just want you to know, church, God is doing something. He's doing something in our city right now. So I just want to encourage that faith family, let's pray for more. Like, let's ask God boldly for more. Like, more life change. More people finding hope in Jesus more people finding healing in Jesus through his bride, the local church right here in Nashville. So keep it, listen, man, keep inviting your friends, keep inviting your neighbors, your family members, keep bringing them here, man. We're gonna keep preaching the gospel, we're gonna keep baptizing people, we're gonna keep pointing them to Jesus. That's incredible, that's awesome. Now, beyond that, we saw 218 new guests come through our doors last year that actually filled out a Connect card. Those are the only the ones that let us know they were here, which means there are probably at least that many or double that many who didn't let us know that they were here. Like, if I'm a visitor, I'm not letting you know I'm there, okay? I think most people are like it. 220, almost 220 let us know they were here. That's huge because what that means is every single week at New Life, there are probably dozens of new guests here. And it's our job, faith family, New Life family, to welcome them into the warmth of our faith community here, to invite them into our lives as we encourage them to take steps with us as we find and follow Jesus together. On top of that, we had, just last year, 23% growth in our preschool and kids ministries, which means as much as we're growing in here, we're growing even more out there. We got a lot of little people running around here, and that's good. We praise God for that. We've got uh, 250 of you now are serving either right here in the body here at New Life or with one of our partners in the community. It's been amazing what God has done here over the course of the last year. Church, can we just give God a hand for what he's done in our church family? Man, that's, that's just a little snippet. You're gonna have to come back Wednesday. You'll hear, you'll hear more, man. But God has been so good to us. He has been so gracious to us over the course of of the last year. I'm excited about where we're going. All right, if you got a Bible, go ahead and grab it, open it up. We're gonna start in Matthew 18, or sorry, Matthew 28, beginning in verse 18. And we're gonna bounce around a little bit this morning, but that's where we're, we're gonna start. Matthew 28, you guys are probably familiar with this passage, start in verse 18, it's known as the Great Commission. At this point in the text, Jesus has been crucified. He walked out of that tomb three days later, just like he said he was gonna do. He's getting ready to ascend to the right hand of the Father, and he's giving his disciples their final marching orders, okay? So this is hugely important. This is their vision. This is their mission. This is their task. Listen to this. It says, and Jesus came to them, his disciples, um, and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always till the end of the age. Now, these were some of Jesus' very last words to his disciples. And these disciples were about to launch a, just like a church planting movement like the world has never seen. And this is what Jesus says. It's kind of his last words to his disciples. He's got, guys, come on in. Get close. I want you to hear. This is your mission. This is your vision. Here's what I want you to be about. I want you to be about making disciples. Like starting right here in your city, in Jerusalem. And then all the way to the ends of the earth. Until every man and woman and child has heard the good news that there is a God in heaven who loves them, who came for them, who bled for them, who offers them life and hope now and in eternity. That's your mission. Go make disciples. Multiply. Multiply yourself. And just in case the disciples don't get it the first time, Jesus says it the same exact thing again in Acts chapter 1. This will be on the screens for you. He says this. But you, my disciples, will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses where? In Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Jesus goes, I want you to make disciples starting at home and then all the way to the deepest, darkest corners of this planet. In other words, guys, this good news isn't just for you. It's for every person. It's for every nationality. It's for the young. It's for the old. It's for the rich. It's for the poor. It's for every ethnicity. It's for everyone. And so I want you to use up your life going and sharing this news, multiplying yourselves. And then in Acts chapter 2, if you want to go ahead and turn there, we're going to be there the rest of our time. Acts chapter 2, Luke gives us this incredible picture of how the early church carried out this vision. Like of how, how they actually accomplished this grand mission that Jesus gave his disciples. And this is what Dr. Luke tells us. This is a description of the early church. It says, and they, the Christians, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were, listen to this. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all in the church as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, so they were worshiping together, breaking bread in their homes, they received the food, their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. Now that's important, we'll come back to that in a minute. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Now, I want to show you five quick things about how the early church uh, carried out this ancient vision from Jesus, and then we're going to spend the rest of our time uh, just kind of talking about where we believe God is calling us and how he wants us here at New Life to fulfill this vision and this mission, mission over the course of the next five years. So five things that I think are relevant for us from this text. The first one about this early church is this. Number one, they were family they were family, man. Luke tells us in Acts 2 that they lived life together. Like they were constantly in each other's homes. They were sharing meals together. They were worshiping on the weekends together. They were even selling their possessions to care for one another. That's how much they loved one another. They weren't like a family. They were a family. 
They were not spectators. They were a team working together to see the vision of Jesus carried out. And listen, that is exactly what we want here at New Life. We aren't like a family. We are a family here. So they were like a family. Here's the second thing I need you to see. They grew into a movement. They grew into a movement. Now, here's the tragedy of the American church. The tragedy of the American church is that for many, church has gone from a movement to an institution. Churches, do you know what movements do? You guys are so smart. Movements move. They grow. They advance. And sadly, somewhere along the way in our culture, church became an institution for people to attend instead of a movement to advance together. And church, I'm just telling you, I knew life, we have to reclaim our DNA of being a movement instead of an institution. Movements move. And so the question that I kind of just challenge you to roll around in your head right now as we talk about this is for, for you personally, is church for you something that you attend for an hour a week or is it a movement that you're actively involved in? So is church just an institution for you? Is it an event that you show up to for an hour a week or is it a movement that you are actively advancing with the people of God? Church was never designed to be a spectator sport. It was designed to be a, a team sport. Each of us have a role to play in the movement. What role are you playing? How are you advancing the mission of Jesus? And if you're not there, that, that's okay. But the question I want you to ask is, man, what, what steps do I need to take in my life to move from spectator to a player in the movement of Jesus? Here's number three. They took, the early church, took discipleship seriously. Luke tells us they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Their, the apostles' teachings are recorded for us in a book we call the Bible. So they, they gave themselves to the study of God's word and to prayer. They were all about following Jesus. They were all about being changed by Jesus, living on mission with Jesus. They were all in on becoming disciples of Jesus. Like there was none of this chatter that we hear in our culture today. Like, man, I'm too busy. I love God, but I find God on the golf course on the weekend. I love God, but I find God, I find God man, when I'm in the, the hunting stand, the tree stand on the weekend. I'm too busy to gather with the saints on Sunday morning to worship. There was none of that in the early church. Or man, I'm, I'm just too busy for community. I know what the Bible says about community. 